Liz became a household name in 2015 when she debuted as the host of Cable's highly rated Tipping Point with Liz Wheeler program, which broadcasts every night in a primetime slot on One American News. Liz's unwavering traditional values and staunch conservative viewpoints have of course made her a frequent target of left-wing agitators, many of whom have waged an unrelenting and unsuccessful publicity war on her for the better part of five years. This year, in partnership with the premium podcast creative company, Soundfront, Liz announced that she would become the host of The Liz Wheeler Show, a new video podcast that would go on to immediately develop a nationwide following, spanning the spectrums of age, geography, sex, and even political affiliation. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Liz Wheeler. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Emily, for that kind introduction. Um, thank you to Rocky Mountain College, everybody here tonight, and of course to the Young America's Foundation for hosting a special thanks to Keith Work, who made tonight's event possible. I also want to thank all the wonderful YAF students on campus who organized uh, this specific event tonight. But most of all, I want to give a huge thank to Pfizer, who I discovered this weekend has blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> for no discernible reason other than the fact that I report the facts, the truth, and the science about their COVID vaccine, which itself is a steaming pile of garbage. That's not my opinion. That's what the science says. Yet, the mainstream media, the Democrats, public health officials, and of course, Pfizer themselves, pretend it's perfectly safe when it's not, and that it's effective, which likewise, it is not. But let me not get ahead of myself. I'm here tonight to defend the title of my speech, which is easy to do if we are playing by the rules of the radical left. Science is fake. Now you may be thinking, Liz, come on. Gravity isn't fake. Germ theory isn't fake. The metamorphosis of a tadpole into a frog isn't fake. The circulation of the blood in our bodies isn't fake. And if that is what you're thinking, then you're correct, obviously. That's science. It's real. But why is it real? Well, because each scientific principle I just mentioned, gravity or germ theory, metamorphosis or circulation, are observable in the natural world. They're objective truths that exist whether or not you and I, mere mortals on this earth, recognize them. This is actually the basis of science. Fortunately, we do recognize each of those elements of science as science. But why do we collectively as a people recognize these facts as science? because they have withstood our tests. Remember, science is a practice. The very idea of science is doubt and skepticism and questions. You don't prove a scientific fact. A law of science is something that cannot be disproved. Herein lies the nefarious and deliberate strategy of the left to redefine the word science to mean complete capitulation to their communist agenda without any questions from you or from me. Under the rules of the radical left, any dissent or any doubt will be met with accusations that you're a flat earther, that uh, you're a science denier, which, by the way, is a phrase constructed specifically to sound similar to Holocaust denier in order to trigger the same emotions that you or I might feel about idiots or anti-Semites who deny the Holocaust, but instead to apply those feelings to people who question the radical left's fake science. 
Now, I spoke to the University of Michigan late last week, and I said there, it's also true here, that it's almost as if constantly redefining words to the point where the words themselves, the very things designed to have and to give meaning, have none left to give. That's what the left is doing with science. It's why if we are playing by the rules of the radical left, then science is fake. Let's look at the three most egregious examples. Did you guys see that meme? I think it was created by uh, the account Being a Libertarian that showed the evolution of CNN headlines from the uh, advent of the COVID vax until now. This, it went pretty viral, at least on Instagram last week, and the trajectory of the CNN headlines were as follows. These are all direct quotes. In February of 2021, single Pfizer vaccine shot provides strong protection for those who've had COVID-19, UK studies suggest. May 2021. People vaccinated against COVID-19 can go without masks indoors and outdoors, CDC says. July 2021. CDC updates guidance, recommends vaccinated people wear masks indoors in certain areas. September of 2021. Vaccine protection against COVID-19 wanes over time, especially for older people, CDC says. October of 2021. J&J &J vaccine recipients should get their second dose as soon as it's available, experts say. September 2021, three doses of COVID-19 vaccine are likely needed for full protection, Fauci says. October 2021, immunocompromised people may need a fourth COVID shot, CDC says. October of 2021, why vaccinated people dying from COVID-19 does not mean the vaccines are ineffective. Seven months it took for that evolution to happen. And yet we are told that the sentence, the vaccine is effective, is science. And that if we question the COVID vaccine or choose not to get the COVID vaccine, or if we oppose the government mandated, the government mandating the vaccine, that we are anti-science. So let's refute this. Better yet, let's let the experts accidentally refute themselves. Did you guys see the video from the FDA that went uh, viral this past week where they admit that they don't actually know whether the COVID-19 vaccine is safe for children between the ages of five to 11? This is a pretty significant thing. We are told not to question the science by the experts who admit verbally, with a camera on in the room, they admit verbally that they don't actually know what they're talking about. When they voted on whether to approve this for little tiny children, they were caught admitting they don't know whether it's safe. Yet they voted yes anyway. Go ahead, give it to your children. It's science, they say. If this is science, then science is fake. There are perfectly valid reasons, by the way, to question the COVID-19 vaccine, especially for kids who are more likely to die from the flu if they contract the flu than they are to die from COVID-19 if they contract COVID-19. And there are perfectly valid reasons to question the COVID-19 vaccine for adults too, from short-term side effects to unknown long-term side effects to myocarditis in young men to blood clots to reports of menstrual cycle irregularities in women, obviously in women, to the 14,000 deaths reported in VAERS, the VAERS system, the government's VAERS system, and the fact that the vast majority of people are at extremely low risk of COVID-19 fatality in the first place. To finally, the fact that the vaccine itself, as we will show, is not terribly effective. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals issued a stay just this, or just this last week against Biden's ridiculous and tyrannical OSHA vaccine mandate. Thank goodness, all I could say when I heard this, thank goodness that some people in the judiciary still have their heads on straight. 
But listen to the language that came from OSHA. OSHA issued what's called an ETS, which is an emergency temporary standard intended um, for employers to make sure that the safety of uh, their workplaces are appropriate to protect workers against harm. That's what an emergency temporary standard is. This is the language of Biden's vaccine emergency temporary standard. And I quote, unvaccinated workers are much more likely to contract and transmit COVID-19 in the workplace than vaccinated workers. Okay, and that's a pretty big assumption. Now keep in mind here that what I just read you is under the section in this ETS, in this emergency temporary standard that justifies the issuance of this emergency temporary standard. This is the reason they claim that they are justified in making this mandate. Because unvaccinated workers are much more likely to contract and transmit COVID-19 in the workplace. They go on to say OSHA has determined that many employees in the U.S. who are not fully vaccinated against COVID-19 face grave danger from exposure to COVID-19 in the workplace. This finding of grave, grave danger is based on the severe health consequences associated with exposure to the virus, along with evidence demonstrating the transmissibility of the virus in the workplace and the prevalence of infections in employee populations. So first of all, you'll notice a narrative change. We low-risk people have been told that the vaccine is not about our risk, that is it in fact about others, that it's selfish for us not to get it despite the fact that we are low-risk because we could transmit it, we could transmit COVID-19 if we are not vaccinated to a high-risk population. That's what we've been told. But you'll notice that this emergency temporary standard makes no pretense that that is the case. They're telling us that they are dictating this for our own good, for the well-being of the unvaccinated forcing us to behave in a certain way as if we're children and they're our parents. As C.S. Lewis said, of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep, his cupidity may at some point be satiated, but those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. It's like he wrote that for such a time as this. So let's talk about these assertions that are made by Biden's OSHA in this emergency temporary standard, that the unvaccinated are much more likely to contract and transmit COVID-19. Again, that's a direct quote. This, my friends, is nonsense. Nonsense in two ways, both in the assertion that unvaccinated people contract COVID-19 much more often than unvaccinated and that we uh, and the transmission that unvaccinated people do not or that vaccinated people transmit it less than unvaccinated people. This is absolutely nonsense. A recent study from The Lancet, which has been a respected medical journal, found that people who received the COVID-19 vaccine are just as likely to transmit the Delta variant of COVID-19 to contacts in their household, just as likely as those who have been vaccinated. This is those who have not been vaccinated. This was from a year long study of 621 people in the UK. You are just as likely to transmit the Delta variant if you're vaccinated than if you are unvaccinated. Now, of course, this refutes the whole narrative that getting the vaccine is an act of sacrifice for someone else that it's selfish not to. This absolutely refutes it. If you transmit it the same, whether you're vaxxed or unvaxxed, then it shouldn't matter what you do. It shouldn't matter to other people what you do. It becomes a decision that you choose to make based on your calculation of whether you are at risk or want to suffer the risk of the COVID-19 vaccine itself. But what about, what about the benevolent dictator argument? Let's address that for a second. Let me protect you from your own stupidity is what they're saying. 
Well, this very same study, this very same study found that 25% of vaccinated household contacts still contracted the disease from an index case, 25%, compared to 38% of unvaccinated household contacts. So what, 12% effective in preventing you from getting COVID if you're vaxxed versus unvaxxed? That's not very significant. And the same study found that immunity from full vaccination wanes in as little as three months. In fact, another study, this is not an isolated study, this is the good thing about science when you're actually observing what happens in the natural world. You won't just observe it once in an arbitrary way. There will be a pattern of observation. A new study from Sweden found the same thing. It was likewise published as a preprint in The Lancet. The effectiveness of the Pfizer vaccine wanes from 92%, this is at days 15 through 30, all the way down to 47% at days 121 to 180, and then at day 211, that's seven months onward, the study found, quote, no effectiveness could be detected. Even while you and I can see the actual scientific evidence that shows that the vaccine is not that good of a vaccine, it doesn't prevent transmission at all, and it barely protects you against contracting it, we are told the ongoing transmission of COVID is a, quote, epidemic of the unvaccinated, and that this is science, and that we can't question it because we are not the experts. Well, if that is science, then science is fake. This dichotomy is true for almost every aspect of COVID-19, from the fatality rate, the origin of the virus itself, whether hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, the, ne the untouchable, never-mentionable names, whether they work, what factors put people at high risk, obesity, age, vitamin D deficiency, you name it, whether ventilators made matters worse or better at the onset of the pandemic, what NPI, that's non-pharmaceutical interventions work, lockdowns, masks, social distancing, and we're now seeing it actually again with the natural immunity argument, which by the way, natural immunity, according to a large study in Israel, natural immunity is 27 times stronger an artificially induced immunity from a vaccine, but the experts refuse to exempt people with natural immunity from vaccine mandates. If this is science, then science is fake. Now you might notice this particular emphasis that the radical left places on the experts. We must defer to the experts like docile little minions. We are not allowed to question the experts because we are not experts. This is called a technocracy. When Texas passed their heartbeat bill this year, when this became law, the abortion technocracy actually sprang into action. This is a perfect example of this. A heartbeat, they said, a heartbeat bill, that little thing that you hear on the ultrasound, what you hear when the wand passes over that baby's heart, that sounds like the beat coming from your chest, from your heart? No, that's not a heartbeat, you cave dwellers. No, really, this is exactly what they said. This is from the New York Times. Such activity consists of electrical pulses that can be picked up on ultrasound and are not yet true heartbeats since heart valves from later in the process of embryonic development have not yet happened. What about those electronic pulses in your chest? Are they not the same thing? Live science, this is uh, supposed to be a conglomeration of experts in multiple fields of science online. They consulted an expert doctor about this matter, whether it's a heartbeat or whether it's just phantom cardiac activity, this doctor said, it's just a little flutter. This is the quote, the detection of this little flutter by no means does it translate to viability of the heart or viability of the pregnancy. If this is science, then science is fake. Can you imagine? It's obviously a heartbeat. 
It's the beginning of the baby's heart. Obviously, the baby's not fully formed. That's why the woman is going to be pregnant for eight more months after this is detected. But the stage of development of a human being does not determine that human being's humanity or the science of the baby's heartbeat. But here is where the left hijacks science and turns it into partisan authoritarian technocracy. Remember, only the experts are allowed to have an opinion, and their opinion is science. And because it is science, and science can't be questioned, and they are experts, and as experts can't be questioned, we are not allowed to question them. And additionally, if you co-opt the governing boards and the licensing organizations and the professional standard associations that give credibility, literally, to the experts, plus the teachers and the teachers' colleges, then you further sharply limit the number of people who are eligible to participate in any of these debates. For example, you can't discuss abortion if you're a man. That right there eliminates half the people in the country from the discussion. You can't discuss abortion if you're religious because you're trying to impose your moral code on the rest of the country. If you're pro-life, you're biased. If you haven't faced a surprise pregnancy, you can't have empathy. If you haven't had an abortion, you don't know. If you're a medical provider and you don't offer this service, then you are not an expert. If you are not one of these so-called experts repeating the science from the arbiter of experts, these boards and organizations that have already been co-opted, then you're not allowed to participate in this discussion. If this is science, then science is fake. Science says a human life begins at conception. There's really no argument in the field of science. In fact, at the University of Chicago, there's a PhD student um, who graduated about two years ago. His name is Steve Jacobs, and as his doctoral thesis, he actually ran a scientific survey asking the question to everyday American voters, who do you think is the authoritative source to answer the question when a human life begins? He did this scientifically. This was not a Twitter poll. This was not, you know, this did not have the biases that just asking your friends' opinions would have. He conducted this survey, and it was of 2,899 American adults that he surveyed. 81% said that biologists were the most qualified to answer the question. So Jacobs ran a second survey in which he surveyed 5,502 academic biologists from all over the world, not just our country, and asked them, when does a human life begin? 95% of academic biologists from all around the world said a human life begins at conception. That is 5,212 of them out of 5,502. The additional 300, that 5%, they sent in responses like, I hope you're not an effing Christian, you big old Trump supporter. So clearly they were letting the science speak for them in their expert capacity here. Here's the thing, only 23% of people who identify as pro-choice or pro-abortion think that an unborn baby, a fetus, an embryo, whatever stage of development you want to call it, still all human, is think that a fetus is a biological human from the moment of conception or fertilization. 23%. That is a minority. A minority. That means the majority of pro-abortion people are operating under an unscientific premise. Yet, we cannot question the experts who use this argument that it's not a real baby, it's not really a heartbeat, it's just cardiac pole activity, it's a flutter, electrical pulses. We cannot question the experts who use this as a justification for their radical abortion policies that allow for the abortion of an unborn baby up until the moment of her birth. Because the experts are speaking science, and science cannot be questioned. If this is science, then science is fake. By the way, Interesting fact that is a little tangential that Steve Jacobs also found in his doctoral dissertation research. He found that 83% of pro-choice people thought that support for legal abortion would decrease if this became common knowledge that academic biologists say 
that a human life begins at the moment of conception. 83% of them think that that would change hearts and minds. Only 23% of them actually believe that it begins at conception. That, I think, is very significant. But as I said, perhaps tangential. But even that, that 83% right there, that must be a larger number than the number of climate change activists who actually believe in the science that they peddle to us. 400 private jets descended on Scotland for an international climate change summit. I asked Biden for the actual number, but he fell asleep and couldn't actually tell me. <laughs> the goal of these climate change activists is net zero carbon emissions to save the world, they tell us. Did I mention that they all flew in private jets? 400 of them. I did the math, just for the fun of it. They emitted enough CO2 an equal number of CO2 uh, as 1,300 British people would for an entire year. But we're not the experts, so we can't question. And climate change, we're told, is science, and you can't be skeptical of science or you're a denier. So the only thing left to do, my friends, is accept the radical left's political solution to climate change that coincidentally is identical to the leftist agenda of fundamentally transforming the United States into a socialist Marxist state. Funny how that works out. Now, you might notice the pattern that has emerged here. First, the left becomes the arbiter of experts, then they limit debate, only allowing their designated experts to weigh in. This is the technocracy. Next, they redefine science, prohibiting what it is that makes science science, which is questions, doubt, and skepticism. After that, they create an emergency that requires the government to act as a savior. And finally, the government officials in charge of this effort impose public policy on us, we the people, under the guise of their political agenda being science supported by the experts. And we have now come full circle. And when I say they create an emergency, I mean they invent one. Look at the dire apocalyptic predictions that we have been fed by people like AOC and Greta Thunberg, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, all the way back to Al Gore. The world is going to end in 11 years if we don't stop cow flatulence, we are told. Ban airplanes. Force everybody to build a green home and impose a wealth tax and abolish capitalism while we're at it and allow the government to implement a socialist healthcare system. What is this based on, is my question. 50 years of fear-mongering predictions and projections from these so-called experts and none of them have come true. I made a little list of um, some of the most serious and significant predictions from these climate change folks in the past 50 years. And I'd like just to do a quick rundown to see whether these have come true. We were told that in this year, actually by 2020, we've given them an extra almost full year now, by 2020 that we would have no polar bears left. But we still do. We were told the polar ice caps would not be floating anymore. But they are. We were told actually that we would dive in ice age by the year 2000. Well. I mean, it's cold here in Montana, but it's not that cold. Our food sources, we were told, would be extinct. We would be starving. We will be starving due to frigid temperatures by this year. We're not. We have not, in the Western world, resorted to cannibalism, as was predicted due to these predicted food shortages. We were told England would no longer exist. I think it still does. It's, it's neither Siberian nor underwater. The 50 million climate refugees expected to be fleeing the Pacific Island and, floating, and flooding the West are still nowhere to be seen. Entire nations, we were told, would be wiped off the map. They are still here. The Himalayan glaciers, they're not on their way to being melted by the year 2035. California is not flooded with inland seas. The Netherlands are still habitable. Children still know what snow is. Uh, the Arctic still enjoys ice in the summer. We have suffered no devastating increases 
in raging wildfires, crippling droughts, nor powerful storms. In fact, just the opposite. Wildfires have plummeted by 15% since 1950. And the UN, the United Nations, themselves admitted global droughts have become less frequent, less intense, and shorter. And we still have not faced the climate catastrophe or certain doom that we were promised. And yet we're told that we must relinquish the US free market economy and turn these United States into a Marxist hellhole all in the name of science. If that is science, then science is fake. The Democrats are the party of anti-science. The ideology of the Democratic Party is fundamentally at odds with the premise of science. If what the left calls science is science, then science is fake. This is why the left is redefining science, because in order for science to be science, something must be objective truth. In order to acknowledge objective truth, one must acknowledge the author of objective truth. In other words, science reveals God. The practice of science is a pursuit of the understanding of God's universe. Without God, science becomes merely a tool easily weaponized by tyrants or a window into the eternity that God-hating communists must obscure to quell independent thinking and a free citizenry. Does any of this sound familiar? C.S. Lewis, again, predicted this a long time ago. He said the new oligarchy must more and more base its claim to plan us on its claim of knowledge. This means they must increasingly rely on the advice of scientists. Now, he says, I dread specialists in power because they are specialists speaking outside their special subjects. Let scientists tell us about science, but government involves questions about the good of man and justice and what things are worth having at what price. And on these, a scientific training gives a man's opinion no added value. On just the same ground, I dread government in the name of science. This is how tyrannies come in. In every age, the men who want us under their thumb, if they have any sense, will put forward the particular pretension which the hopes and fears of that age render most potent. They cash in. It's been magic. It's been Christianity. Now, he says, it will certainly be science. It's amazing what he was able to write back then about what is happening now. True science invites questions, invites skeptics, invites doubt, and displays humility in the face of our collective lack of knowledge about everything in the world. In fact, that's why gravity is still a theory, not a law, even though we all know it's true. This is why we have been able to advance as a scientific community from the low point where the greatest minds in science thought that the Earth was flat to now. Now, when the greatest scientific experts in our government tell us that the COVID vax is A-OK -okay for kids, even if they don't know if it's really safe, that unborn children are blobs of cells and not really human, that the heartbeat of an unborn baby isn't really a heartbeat, it's just cardiac activity, that men can be women and women can be men if they so choose to identify so, that the world will explode in 11 years if we don't turn the U.S. into a Marxist state, and that if we dare to question political policy, then we are science-denying Neanderthals. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if that is science, then science is fake. Thank you very much.